Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Bring the Vegas gaming experience to the palm of your hand. Bet your favorite team, try your luck in a casino, or our poker room. The earliest sports lines and the biggest limits online. Lots of deposit options. Bet on live events as they happen. The next play, the next score. Get winnings fast or roll them into a parlay and win even more. Visit Bet Online today and see what millions of customers have experienced for over 20 years. On third and three, they protect Brady. Scans the field and lets it fly. It's Evans. It's a touchdown. This is the big nasty. Yeah, big nasty. All fame Tampa Bay Buccaneer fan, baby. This is Mike Allstott, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and you're listening to the Cannon Fire Podcast. Cannon Fire Podcast, brother. You ain't listening, and you're missing out. Woo! And there the cannons go. Fire them. Keep on firing them. Keep on firing them. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening whenever you're listening to us. Welcome back to a brand new edition of the Cannon Fire Podcast. I am your host, as always, Rhett Matthew, joined alongside me, my good buddy and co-host, the Philly Bucks fan himself from Mr. Bucks Nation. Oh, Jesus Christ. I just realized what you said. Oh, man. I We can never get a <laughs> seamless start to this. I don't know if I'm ever going to get used to it at this point. You've been with Bucks Nation for a while, and I still just every almost every time I have to physically stop myself from saying it. From BucksNation.com, ladies and gentlemen, Evan Wanish. This is the Cannon Fire Podcast. Happy Saturday to you, man. How are you doing? Doing quite well. Yeah, it's uh, been an eventful um, couple of days since we last, especially since we last recorded a show, but we went live uh, on Instagram shortly at like minutes after the news broke that Julio Jones was joining the Bucks. So if you guys haven't checked out our literally pretty much raw reaction to it uh that's overall on the youtube channel as well so uh you can listen to that and see our beautiful faces but in an instagram live form so instead of just the, the podcast form so we wanted to get something out and we were able to do that but uh since then there's been a lot more to discuss as well yeah, so today we're going to take a look back at the first week of Buccaneers training camp. They are officially back in the building. Guys have got helmets on, not quite wearing full pads yet, but the fact that they're out there getting some football activity in always gets everybody excited for football season. Fans are packing the stands, and of course, they got a good look this week at Julio Jones. A lot of applause for him whenever he did literally anything out there, but we'll talk about that in a moment. Let's talk about the bigger story this week which took place on the second day of training camp. Center Ryan Jensen, he is down with an injury. Our buddy, Mr. Bucks Nation, got the video that's been floating around, and I'm not going to get into detail on that because it's it's a pretty tough watch, especially if you're wearing headphones in the middle of public like I was when I first saw it. Um, I mean, you really got to feel for Ryan Jensen as of right now. We haven't gotten too much of an update. I mean, we know that at the very least, he's going to be missing a few months. Todd Bowles comes out, says that, you know, things don't really look good. Anybody with a source is saying that it doesn't really look good. Is there a margin of hope that he can be back ahead of schedule? Probably, because, I mean, let's face it, Ryan Jensen is one of those guys that during his time in Tampa Bay, he has been so good at avoiding serious injury 
that it would not shock me whatsoever if he does it again right here. But I, I don't get that feeling as much this time. I mean, Ryan Jensen said it himself. He's more pissed than anybody. It just it right now, the biggest belief is that it's either an ACL tear or something similar that's going to sideline him for most, if not the entire 2022 season. And for a Tampa Bay team that goes into training camp, rebuilding their interior offensive line, losing your starting center who you just signed to a three-year deal on the second day of camp is definitely less than ideal. And uh, I don't want to start the show off all doom and gloom, but let's face it, folks, a guy like Ryan Jensen, who has played most of his snaps on, on the offense since signing with Tampa Bay, there isn't a whole lot of silver lining to look for here. Like, yeah, the Bucks do have other options. They could roll with Robert Hainsey, and we'll talk about him here shortly. There's also some external options if they want to go that route. But, I mean, this is a huge loss for Tampa Bay, and, and literally it set the tone for practice that day because people who were in attendance, you know, it was it was a different feel in the air after Ryan Jensen had to be carted off of the field. Just not good news this week to uh, to start things off. No, and um, you know, just looking from from a long term perspective as well. You mentioned they just signed him to you know to a three year deal. Uh, now he's thirty one years old and is going to have to be coming off a you know serious knee injury. Now, you say maybe there's a glimmer of hope, right? And I think the only reason you're saying that is because nobody's come out yet. Everybody keeps saying serious knee injury. Yeah, serious, nothing. Nothing's serious. been confirmed. The, the no, latest nobody... medical update we got was that the bruising was so bad around his knee yeah, that they really couldn't get in yeah. there and, and, and say that it was one thing or another. So, Which isn't good, trust me. But, like, um, yeah, but Todd Bulls confirmed, like, he's definitely missing a few months. Like, it's, this isn't a, oh, you know, he could miss the first month. No, it's going to be a couple of months. And, um, but they also haven't ruled it out completely. Uh, is it likely? Probably not. Like, is it likely that we see Ryan Jensen this season? Probably not. Uh, I would guess once that diagnosis comes back, I, I would guess that he's likely going to be out for, you know, um, pretty much the whole regular season. Now, if the Bucks make a deep playoff run, they go to the NFC title game. That's in late January. Who knows? You know, then they go to the Super Bowl. That's in early to mid-February, yet again, who knows? We didn't think Vita Vea was going to come back when he suffered the, the foot fracture week five versus the Bears in 2020, but he did. Obviously, a knee injury, which you know you speculate could be an ACL, is much more serious than just, just a, a foot fracture. Like an ACL is the kiss of death for a lot of these athletes. You know, you get a torn ACL, okay, you're done. Like that's just sort of automatic at this point. Um, and the Buccaneers have seen that with, with, with Chris Godwin and they're, they're being uh, cautious with Chris Godwin and we'll actually get to Chris Godwin in a little bit, but um, yeah, it's, it sucks. You know, it really does suck just not for just the team, but you know, the player um, he's one of those players that is like the heartbeat. I think of that offensive line, uh, the, the center is always the quarterback, basically, of the offensive line, right? You have your quarterback, but then the center is like center's the, the other guy in the football game that touches the ball on every play is the center. <laughs> he touches the ball on every play. So um, it's definitely going to be a loss, you know, depending on if he can come back or not. He's going to be missing a few months, and there's going to be a drop-off just because – Ryan Jensen's probably a top five, top three center in the NFL. That's not just, you can't replace that just like that, right? That's not that easy. So they're definitely going to miss him, but they're hoping that some of their options, internal or external, can get the job done for now. 
Yeah, when you look at the center position, it is definitely not a plug-and-play position. We'll talk about some other options they have. J.C. Treader obviously has been named, and everybody touts him as like a top-five center, but let's face it, folks. If he was still the top-five center in the league, he'd probably be signed to a contract right now, but it's still a viable option if the Buccaneers want to go out and look for a veteran presence. But you hear about the way other guys on this team describe Ryan Jensen. Mike Evans came out and said it himself. He is their enforcer on offense. Like, yeah, you've got some guys that can hold their own when things get a little scrappy, but Ryan Jensen is that guy who 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 brings a little bit extra oomph every single rep. And after a while, we've seen it pay off, whether in the Bucks' favor or against the Bucks' favor. Some people say that, like, yeah, well, he gets unnecessary flags every now and again. But if memory serves correct, he hasn't done that. He only got while. he only got like one flag all of last yeah. season, I think, for doing he, exactly what he does. His first season, it was frustrating. His first season, it was a problem. But then, ever, ever since then, he's really mastered the craft of getting under guy's skin, but not doing too much. It's almost like having Tom Brady as your quarterback maybe lets you get Could away help. with a little bit. I don't know. Could I didn't help. say that. I'm not the one who said that. I didn't say that. But, yeah, Ryan Jensen, for sure, a presence on the offensive line that's going to be missed. Uh, it's going to be tough to fill that hole. But let's take a look at some other guys who could step up. Because I know we mentioned J.C. Treader very briefly. People know his resume. You kind of know what he's capable of at this point in his career. But Robert Hainsey, all right? I mean, we, we talked about this guy actually quite a bit on the last podcast when we were talking about training camp battles and maybe how he could be the odd man out. And it seems like right now he's, he's pretty much your best bet for starting center week one. Um, Robert Hainsey, there's a lot of people high on him. You, you told me that the Buccaneers are pretty high on this guy. AQ Shipley came out, gave some quotes to the media talking about how much progress he saw from him because those two trained together, former Buccaneers and Cardinals offensive linemen. And I think AQ still on the Bucs coaching staff in some capacity. A lot of people have some good things to say about Robert Hainsey this time of year. And for the big offensive lineman out of Notre Dame, I mean, it puts more expectations on, but next man up, hopefully he can, you know, show us what he's made of this camp and preseason because the magnifying glass just got a lot closer. Yeah, and, and all, all indications um, for the people hoping for a J.C. Shredder signing today or tomorrow, all indications are that the Bucks are probably going to give Robert Hainsey at least a shot, um, at least a few practices, maybe a preseason game to see how it goes, um, and then they'll determine whether they need to make an addition or not. Um, J.C. Shredder, it's like you said um, – He's he has been a really good center. I think I would argue the last like three four years he's been a top five center. But it's July thirtieth, like there's a reason that you're you're still available on July thirtieth. Maybe that's personal. Maybe he decided not to sign with somebody. Maybe some of the offers were some you know bad situations or bad teams, and he was waiting for you know, a team like the Bucks to come calling. Maybe who knows that could happen but there's still a reason that he's not signed and training camps underway. If he, if he was truly just like you said, if he was truly this good, somebody would just would have given him a boatload of money. Well, and he's also, he's also what I think 31 years old. He's, yeah. He's 31. So 31 years old, when you're as accomplished as he is, and you've been a top tier player for as long as he has been, you kind of do get the right to be a little selective and, and listen, some of these veteran guys, they don't give a shit. The longer they can wait without doing training camp stuff, oh, the yeah. better. And I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's an incredibly tough situation for him to put himself in. If the Buccaneers are due, you know, do end up bringing his line and he ends up signing because 
it's less time that you have to build chemistry and kind of work yourself into a starting role, yada, 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 all the stuff that you've heard before. But, I mean, he could just sit around and wait till training camp is over if he really wanted to. Would he be starting at that point? I doubt it. But I don't know. I think one thing that we do want to stress, though, before we move on from this conversation is that if the Bucks are looking to add a veteran presence at the center position in particular, they've got some time. Like, it's it's not a move that they're going to have to make before the end of next week. But once these preseason games start rolling around, maybe, you know, if they don't make a signing by them, I have to believe that they have just as much faith in Robert Hainsey and anyone else who's backing him up to go out there and get the job done. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Nick Leverett's another guy who they're going to give a look to. Um, you could see him if if they don't make an addition. You could see Hainsey being the starter and Leverett kind of being his his backup. Um, like I said, yeah, they, they really like Hainsey. They like his versatility. He never played center at Notre Dame, but they saw him at the Senior Bowl, I believe, uh, playing center. And that's what they drafted him to be, Ryan Jensen's replacement. So uh, if you want to look for any sort of positive, both Jensen and Hainsey's contracts are up at the same time now. Okay, both their contracts are up at the same time. So the Buccaneers could have a sneak peek at what Hainsey could be already from this season. So when it comes time to decide, okay, do you want to resign and, you know, 34, 35 year old center and Ryan Jensen, or do you want to pay the, the younger guy? They have, they know what Hainsey is now. It's less of an unknown. So if you're looking at more of a positive thing, that'll give Hainsey an opportunity. That'll give the team an opportunity to look at Hainsey and maybe make the best decision moving forward on that position. Uh, but like you said about center, center's the position. You not only need chemistry with your uh, fellow teammates and offensive linemen, you need chemistry with the quarterback because you're going to be snapping the ball to him every time. You know, what if Tom Brady doesn't like it a certain way, but you keep doing it a certain way, you're going to have to adjust that. Um, you know, the, the cadence and the, the snap count, all that. It's different when, when you're, when you're up with the, with the first stringers, it, it's, it's different. So uh, they do like Hainsey. Now I'm not, this is just me speaking personally. I would give Hainsey a shot. I would give him a, a, a legit shot, but I wouldn't have a long leash. I would have a pretty short leash because, I mean, you just signed Julio Jones. You signed Kyle Rudolph. Like, you're looking to win this year. So if you don't feel 100% comfortable going into week one with Robert Hainsey as your starter, you can't have him out there then. You got to you gotta go get a guy like J.C. Treader. Now, I'm not saying that's what they will do, but personally, that's what I'd do. I would give him the week. I'd give him a preseason game, see how he does. If you feel comfortable after that, okay, then you, you don't need to spend more resources on a position you thought was already done, right? Because you didn't expect to have to go out and get a center. Um, so, you know, now maybe do you have to make that sacrifice? We talked about a veteran edge rusher. Now maybe do they pass on the veteran edge rusher because they need a center? That's like part of the sacrifice there. So I would give Robert Hainsey a legit shot, but I also wouldn't say like, oh, the job's yours because this season is too important. When you have a – even if this wasn't assuming, you know, this is Tom Brady's last year, even if it wasn't, Tom Brady is not – you know, he likes to step up in the pocket. 
he when if the center's being pushed back consistently, he can't step up. And that would just wreck things for this offense. So you need to be comfortable with Handy as your center. And if you're not, then I think you need to go out and sign a vet. We'll see what happens. They do like him, and I think he will get a legit shot here to win this job in camp. Yeah, you hit the nail on the head as far as, you know, the weight of this situation. Because, like, yeah, uh, surface level, your starting center goes down. You're testing out what you can do at the second string to potentially help this team still win a Super Bowl. And, like, the realm of where the Bucks are right now as a team is what makes this such an important situation because you don't have a lot of time to figure that out. Like, you do. I know we just said, let's stress that the Bucks have time you know, to sign J.C. Treader if they want to and get him acclimated into this offense. But as far as the grand scheme of things, no. It's hard to picture a situation beyond this year where you're still trying to iron out the kinks in your offensive line. Because if, if that's happening by the end of the regular season and you go into the playoffs and your offensive line is not playing up to the standard that they have set for themselves these past two years, I'm sure Tom can still get it done. But when you're playing teams like L.A., when you're playing teams with just big offense or big defensive lines, big defensive tackles. I mean, you look at the list of D tackles that the Bucks are playing in just the regular season this year. It's going to be tough for Robert yeah. Hainsey. It's going to be trial by fire, but that's what the NFL is made of, right? I mean, you, you get an opportunity, you go out there, you do your job and, and that's how you make it in this league. But Right. Let's go ahead and transition uh, over real, to some real, real quick. Yeah, yeah, I go ahead. Throw out, I want to throw out two more uh, free agent names. Uh, just be, we talked about a lot about J.C. Treader, and, like, it's because J.C. Treader is the best name available. Um, and he's still good. He's still a good player. Uh, but another name, Trey Hopkins uh, from Cincinnati. He was their starting center last year. I know the Cincinnati offensive line got a lot of heat, deservedly so, but Trey Hopkins was actually a bright spot for them at, at times last year. Uh, so if they don't feel comfortable with Hainsey, maybe Treader's asking prices a bit too much. They could look for uh, a presumably cheaper option in, in Hopkins. And then Matt Paradis, uh, I believe he was with Carolina last year. However, Paradis is also coming off of a major injury. It happened last year, but he is coming off a major injury. I think it might be an ACL. But he, he is coming off a major injury, so you'd have to check that out. I don't know if they'd want to take that risk. I think they might go with a safer option, Hopkins or Treader. But there's just a few names. I didn't want to just throw out one name, uh, put all your eggs in that basket, because I do think they have a, a few options here um, in the center market if they choose to, to go with a veteran route. Yeah, very important to mention. And uh, as we kind of put a bow on that topic Let's go ahead and move into some more exciting news on the offense. We talked to you guys about this earlier this week, a couple of minutes after the news broke, but in case you've been living under a rock, Atlanta Falcons legend. I love that's my favorite part of this entire billing here. Atlanta Falcons legend, one of the greatest wide receivers to ever play the game. Julio Jones signed a one-year deal in Tampa Bay. We'll talk about his importance in a minute, but let's talk about the contract. It's one year, I believe, a base value of $6 million, and with incentives, it can go up to eight, if I have heard that correctly. I believe so, yes. Little rich, in my opinion, for a, for a potential wide receiver four who is coming off of as much injury as Julio has been. But, I mean, hey, first two days of camp, he, he does look pretty good. Now, you have to note, Running around in they're, shorts. They're not in pads yet. Yep. They're they're not in, you know, they're not in full pads. Uh there's not much contact. Uh so you know, everybody says, you know, any to me, 
you know, Kenny Bell looked like a superstar in, in shorts, you know, in training camp of 2015. Uh, he looked like an absolute I, I think superstar. that's the name for that philosophy. Like, I, yeah, I think the, the among Bell, the Bucks community. we've talked about this before, yeah. We have mentioned it in years past when we talk about guys looking good at this part of uh, this part of training camp when they're still in phase three. It's the Kenny Bell effect or the, the Kenny Bell. Yeah, the Kenny Bell effect is great. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, uh, yeah, you, you can't judge a guy yet. Right, you can judge their conditioning, you can judge uh, a few things, but their overall play. Just wait and wait until they get wait until they get in the pads. Now, I mean, for Julio, obviously he has a resume. Like we know he can play football. We just don't know if he can be healthy. And you know, when the pads come on, we'll get to see a little bit more contact. Uh, I don't know if he'll be playing in the preseason or not. I don't know if any of the starters will be playing in the preseason or not. This this Ryan Jensen injury could change yeah. the philosophy well- there. Especially now that pretty much all the vets got a, uh, I mean, they got a day of rest on day three, day four, mm-hmm. still not even everybody was out there. I think some of your vets were out there, but Brady got a couple of rest days this week. And yeah, Brady had a rest day, uh, day three day, today. He was out there. Um, but like Hakeem Hicks, Donovan Smith, Kyle Rudolph and Julio Jones actually all had rest days today. But yesterday it was like Brady Evans, uh, and a few other people. So they're, I mean, you know, and you'll see that more and more uh, in camp. It's a hot camp, obviously. It's, it's hot in Tampa. Um, so, you know, being there, sitting with a helmet on, doing all this running and stuff. Uh, it's, yes, they're professional athletes, but you got to be mindful of, of those kinds of things. And I think an injury to a guy like Ryan Jensen, who, yet again, we're talking, this was with shorts on. Like this, there, there wasn't not much contact. It was just a freak thing that happened. Good thing they had those extra pads on the helmet, though. Yeah, you know, good. That really protected them. <laughs> the new NFL man. I, 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 I don't, I don't understand that. If I would understand it when we go into full pads, but like you're not really doing much contact right now. Like, why do they need to wear them right now? They look so fucking goofy, man. They, like, they're uh, gonna have to. They're gonna have to wear them during a regular season at some point. Like in like ten years, they're gonna have to be wearing them. It's gonna look. Do you, do you remember? Uh, have you ever watched South Park? Yes. Have you seen the Sarcasta Ball episode? I recognize it. I it recognize gives it. it gives me similar vibes to that. Not the same exact feel, but <laughs> I mean, eventually people are gonna get so fed up with all this extra stuff being added to the games. And I mean, I know we just sound like we're complaining, but there's NFL veterans, there's older players who have come out and said, "Hey, this is this is a big crock." So how about we relax? But yeah, yeah. just I don't know, trying to throw some. Some lighthearted jabs in yeah, there while we still have time. Any, anyways, um, back to to Julio. Uh, he has looked good. It's in it's in shorts, but uh, yeah, the contract details. Yeah, it's a little bit more than I thought. Um, it's pretty similar to the deal that Jarvis Landry got with the Saints. Uh, it's pretty similar to that deal. Um, yeah, I thought Julio would come a bit cheaper, but the Bucks are yet again they're using void years, so. Uh, his cap hit for 2022 is like $2 million. So, um, and then Kyle Rudolph's like making like not a lot either. So I think the Bucks still have like nine, $10 million in cap space. So they can sign a center if they want. They can sign an edge rusher if they want. Probably not both though. So they'll, they'll have to make a decision on that. But yeah, Julio's look good. Um, yeah, we talked about the, the signing overall uh, when, when it happened. So not going to get into that too, too much, but um, it's obvious that they thought wide receiver four was something that they needed to address. They didn't want to have a repeat of last year. Um, you know, you thought 
going into camp. Oh my God, the depth of this receiver room, you know, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Antonio Brown, and Tyler Johnson, Scotty Miller, for, you know, and then the Abershaw Perryman. But all of a sudden, uh, Mike Evans has gone down with an injury a few times, you know, every, he never misses extended time, you know, knock on wood, but he does, you know, tend to go down, you know, sometimes those hamstrings, especially in the, like this heat, you know, those hamstrings tend to, we see that with Mike from time to time, you know, his hamstrings tend to, you know, cause him to miss a, a little bit, but, and then Chris Godwin gets injured and then Antonio Brown gets released and all of a sudden, your great wide receiver depth is looking very like bad, like not even like average, like it's just, it's bad. And you're trying to win a playoff game against the Los Angeles Rams with basically Brashad Perryman as your wide receiver too. It's just, it's not gonna work. Like the that's... same Brashad Perryman. Just while we're tossing out training camp updates, who caught an absolute bomb of a touchdown from mm-hmm. Tom Brady. I think that was play of the week. We've been getting some highlights of what they're able to do out there, and if. If you want to see the definitive video for this time of year to make sure that Tom's arm still works headed into year 23, go ahead and check this one out. I mean, it's just a 35, 40-yard lob over everybody's head to a full-speed Prashad Perryman. It was a thing of beauty, but yes, I, I do agree with you as far as the wide receiver depth goes. And I think adding a guy like Julio, even though he is older, he's a proven, I mean, he's, he's proven in this league. It's, it's Julio Jones. You know, even at, what, 33 years old, there's yeah. still a lot of people that are going to want him on their team. Hands there up was. in Tampa Bay. There, 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 I, there was a lot of people that wanted him yeah, on their team. Yeah, he got calls from the Packers. He got calls from the Saints, from the Colts. He turned all of that down. Him and Tom Brady have been talking for a little while. But I think, honestly, what this move shows is, is the Bucs don't have a ton of faith in guys like Scotty Miller, Jalen Darden maybe could be wrapped into that umbrella. Even maybe Tyler Johnson. Yeah. I don't think the Bucks have too much faith in those guys developing far beyond what they are right now, which as of last year just wasn't enough. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I definitely agree. Um, Miller has flashed. You take a, but yet again, I, I bring this up on this show all the time. You take away two or three plays from the 2020 season. I mean, they're important plays. Don't get me wrong. But you take away two or three plays, and I think the whole entire outlook on Scotty Miller is just completely different. I I honestly don't even know if he'd be on the team right now. If if he doesn't make that play versus the Packers in the NFC title game, I don't even know if he's on the team right now. Like If he doesn't make that play, what is he remembered for? One touchdown against the Raiders? Like That's it. Like there, There's not much else there. Uh, with Scotty Miller, there's a touchdown against the Vikings too. Don't forget that one. Uh, yeah, but I, I feel like that that game's like forgotten about. Yeah, like, no, I think like it is too. E- you know why? Like because them, like easily forgotten about games. Do you know why people forget about it? I don't know why. Well, I do know why. My theory is that uh, since Tom Brady has been here, I think that game is the only time that the Bucks have worn red and pewter during the day at during home. The day. You might be right, actually. Um, I'd have to, I'd have to check that. You might be right. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, as far as Tyler Johnson goes, I mean, this is a guy they had a lot of faith in. But, I mean, he's made even less memorable plays than Scotty Miller. You take away the the catch versus the Saints. What has Tyler Johnson done? So it, it's not it's not easy position for the Bucks to be in right now because these are guys no, – I mean, granted, Scotty Miller's a sixth-round pick. Like for a six round pick, he's had a good career. Like 
you know, some six-round picks don't even make the roster at all or, or make any sort of impact that they do. Scotty Miller's had a good career for a six-round pick. Tyler Johnson was a fifth-round pick, but he fell a little bit. I was, and still am, a really big Tyler Johnson fan. But the, the truth is, he just he's got to be better, and he just he wasn't good enough during the playoffs. I mean, he was invisible at times, and that was the time to step up. I mean, you have Chris Godwin, Antonio Brown gone, and that is your time to step up right there. Then you know if Tyler Johnson steps up, do they put the resources to, to sign Russell Gage? Do they try and add Julio Jones? Maybe not because they think they have a guy in Tyler Johnson. He wasn't able to do that, so this is what happens. You sign Russell Gage to be your wide receiver three, and you sign Julio Jones to be your wide receiver four. There's still uncertainty around Chris Godwin. Yes, he was not put on the PUP list. That is some news that we talked about on that Instagram Live, but we didn't touch on this show because it was kind of grouped in together with the Julio stuff because it happened like 10 minutes apart. Um, So he was not put on the PUP list. However, and the PUP list means physically unable to perform. Um, however, that does not mean that he's going to be good to go for week one. That that doesn't mean that the Bucks. he still hasn't practiced. He hasn't practiced a single practice yet. Um, he's been sitting out there on, on the sidelines just observing. The Bucks are going to be cautious with him. Uh, they're going to be cautious. There's still a chance he misses uh, two or three games, I think. So Julio Jones will be your wide receiver three. Then once Godwin comes back, it's it's looking really stacked. Um, I think Darden has a spot because of his kick return ability, but you're looking at if they carry six receivers, which I, I have a hard time seeing them carry seven, but they carry six. You got Surreal Grayson, you got Scotty Miller, you got Tyler Johnson, you got Prashad Perryman. It's four guys fighting for one spot. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. I, Tyler Johnson, I've heard, you know, I've seen on Twitter, I've heard that he's looked pretty good in camp. Uh, he's looked pretty good uh, in camp. He, as out of, like, the guys on the bubble, like, he's the one I've heard the most about. Like, I haven't heard much from Cyril Grayson. You, you heard the one thing from Rashad Perry, but other than that, it's been kind of quiet. Scotty Miller um, been kind of quiet. But Tyler Johnson has flashed a little bit. Now, obviously, it's still early in camp, and like we said, they're in shorts and and just light pads on, so it's not uh, a huge thing right now. We'll see what happens when the pads get on and the defense will be able to apply, you know, more pressure and stuff like that, more physical contact. Um, but so far, it's been a good start for Johnson, and he needs it because one of those guys is going to maybe, I mean, maybe even three out of the four are going to be odd men out like they are. And I have an article up on Bucks nation right now talking about, you know, who could be the odd man out in the Buccaneers receiving room. And ew, odds are they're going to have to cut a, a good wide receiver. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see how that plays out. And, and something that I thought was funny this week was all of the guys on the bubble. Plus some more uh, were, were taking on return reps this week. Some of the names listed were Scotty Miller, Russell Gage, Jalen Darden, of course. I think Tyler Johnson was grouped in there, but Surreal Grayson, for some of those guys on the bubble, we we talked about it last week, but it'll be interesting to see what they're doing throughout training camp and preseason because, listen, if you're taking more and more return reps, that might be your last chance at it making the roster because it seems like maybe that's going to be Jalen Darden's job again yeah, this well, year. And it, and it shows that they're trying to give you every shot. They're, right. They're, yeah. They're really trying to see not working out. So they're really trying to this. see if they have something different back there, because as far as the return game, I couldn't tell you the last person who played for Tampa Bay, who was a, an explosive returner 
aside from maybe Deshaun Jackson, and we only saw him back there like twice ever. And then the one time he got a touchdown, it was touchdown. called back. And that you were Steelers in game. Yeah, I was there in person. <laughs> that was honestly that was the touchdown that would have put the Bucks back in that game. And solemnly, I think they, I, I think they would have won it. But that's neither here nor there. Let's get back to uh, to what's important. I want to talk about Russell Gage really quickly because we briefly mentioned him, and then we'll kind of circle back to Chris Godwin and where he's he stands. He's been the forgotten as far man as, now, huh? Gage has been the forgotten man now. With yeah, I know Julio it's kind of crazy. You get all hyped up and getting uh, Julio Jones, you forget that you have Russell Gage in there. Who not only are you paying a little bit more money, he's going to be around for the next three years, but. I mean, we talk about guys looking good. Let's not get this confused with the Kenny Bell effect here, but Russell Gage has looked good. I mean, Todd Bowles even came out and said that defense is having a really tough time trying to stop him this week, and, and that's nothing but good news for a lot of Bucks fans too. Yeah, he's uh, he's looked he's been the best receiver in camp. Um, he, he's been the best receiver. Now, he had a drop um, today, but he just followed that up with two nice grabs from, from Tom Brady there. So, yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's important for uh, it, it's important for Gage to be productive, especially early on in the season, um, because you you wish they could have gotten a lighter schedule to start, so the loss, the potential loss of Chris Godwin uh, wouldn't be as big. Uh, but I mean, you got yeah, Cowboys, Saints, Packers, Chiefs. Like, there's a chance Chris Godwin could miss all four of those games, and there's a chance that Russell Gage would be the wide receiver too. And he can't be invisible. Like, you know, they didn't pay him $10 million a year to be invisible. So uh, he's going to have to step up, and it's a positive sign. Um, you know, I think, yeah, we, we talk about shorts and T-shirts and uh, the overall production. I, I'm not really going to talk about much because it's shorts and T-shirts. But the one thing I will say, that's building a chemistry with your quarterback. That's building a rapport with your quarterback. Uh, that's important, and that's – you know, for, for receivers and quarterbacks, knowing where he, the quarterback, knowing where you want the ball, the receiver, knowing where he wants the ball and knowing where you're going to put it, it's it helps. And when you're able to build that rapport and you're able to get more reps and, and productive reps, it just it, it helps. So uh, it's, it's a positive sign that Gage has flashed. Uh, we'll see what happens when the pads come on. I mean, and that'll be on Monday, I believe. I believe they, I believe Todd Bowles said that they're putting the pads on for the first time uh, on Monday. So that'll be, that'll be interesting to see. Um, and Russell Gage will definitely be one to keep your eye on. Uh, obviously, he's in no danger of losing his job. It's just you'd like to see him continue that production uh, because he is an important piece of this offense now. A Tampa Bay Falcons wide receiver room yeah. really starting to come together this time of year. Uh, before we move on from the wide receiver position, let's talk about the elephant in the room, and that is Chris Godwin. You had mentioned it briefly. He does not get put on the physically unable to perform list, but as the first week of training camp has gone on, it's very clear that the Bucs are going to be extra cautious with him. And for a lot of people who say otherwise, even though he did not start training camp on the PUP list, does not mean he's a, a shoe in to play week one. It, it really doesn't. And I mean, I think the signing of Julio Jones also kind of helps that narrative, if, if that's yes. what we're going to say here. But I still think most people should expect Chris Godwin to miss at the least week one against Dallas, maybe week two, he's feeling really good. But it's important to mention here that six months coming off of an ACL tear in the NFL is just mind blowing. Like that's, that's crazy progress. And like, yeah, everybody's different. 
genetically, maybe Chris Godwin is just built different, right? We've known that for a little while, but I mean, the fact of the matter is the Buccaneers still have a lot of time to be as careful with him as they want to. And uh, I think a lot of people should expect him to maybe not be out there the first week or even the first two weeks of the season, because it seemed like a foregone conclusion to a lot of people he was going to play once the Bucks announced that he was going to be active and cleared for training camp activity. And it, it it's kind of one of those things where context is important. And this is that extra context I wanted to just kind of toss out there. Yeah, so they opened with Dallas and then New Orleans. And uh, speaking of schedules, we'll be doing the season prediction show soon. We don't have an exact date, but it is coming soon. It is coming sooner rather than later, we promise. Um, but... Uh, and the reason we don't do it right away is because injuries like the Ryan Jensen one can affect some things. So that that's why we just don't go out. And as soon as it, the schedule drops, that's why we don't do it. Um, Bucks are going eight, they, nine this year. Well, stop I, I, it. I, I, stop I guess, it. Uh, stop it. You're the one who said it, not me. Um, so the Bucks have, after the two straight road games, the Bucks have three straight home games. I would bet pretty good money that Gowan plays in one of those three. Uh, I think that's I, I don't I still don't know about week three versus Green Bay, but I think you're looking at now. This is just speculation on my part. I don't know. I'm not a doctor. I'm not the Bucks team doctor. I'm not Chris Godwin. Um, I, I think week four, uh, that Sunday night game versus Kansas City is the realistic, I think, target for his his debut. Um, I think that's being cautious enough. That's October 2nd. So he I believe he injured uh, his. He got the injury on December 14th, I, I think it was, of uh, 2021. So right now it's, it's July 30th, so it's just over, uh, what, seven months. So August 30th would be eight months. Um, and then September 30th would be nine months. So I think October 2nd, I think you, you're looking at a realistic date for, for Godwin to be back. Uh, if not, if not, then, then I would expect him to be back very quickly. I don't think this is going to be something that will affect him too much because the one positive about him, I know we've been talking about, Oh, he went on PUP, but that doesn't, I mean, he didn't go on PUP, but that doesn't mean he's going to play the fact that he didn't go on the PUP list means that he's going to play sooner rather than later. That's if he would have gone on there, then maybe, you know, Oh, maybe he is going to miss, you know, maybe he will be back week eight, week nine, instead of week four, week three. Um, there's a big difference there. So it's a positive that he didn't go on, but it's just pump the brakes a little on expecting this guy to be back uh, in Dallas. Like it's just, I, I don't think that's realistic. Uh, especially, I mean, he hasn't practiced a single bit yet. So they're putting pads on. I wouldn't expect them to be practicing next week. Maybe the week after that, they, they have him do something. Um, I obviously definitely not going to play in any of the preseason games. Uh, so they're going to want to get his conditioning up, uh, I'm sure. So I think you're a little ways away from Godwin being a, uh, available for the team, but still is a positive sign that they didn't have to put him on the PUP list. Hey, before we wrap things up with the most important position battle in all of camp, uh, we probably should have mentioned this at the start of the show, but I think it is important to mention that left guard position. Let's just gloss over this really quick as a follow-up to last week. Aaron Stinney has been the man getting first-team reps as far as the first week of training camp goes. Now, that doesn't mean he's going to be your week one starter, but I guess it just shows people where the Bucks have him ranked as far as other guys like Luke Gedeke go and anyone else they're going to plug in at that position. So still some time to figure it out, but Aaron Stinney, kind of your, your, uh, 
your left guard for right now, it seems. Yeah, yeah, and obviously, I think like we talked about on last episode, I think a lot of that's going to come down to the actual preseason games. Um, I think that's what's going to determine that. So I think Luke Gedeke, Aaron Stinney, um, I was going to say Robert Hainsey, but not now. Um, so I, I think now it's kind of a two-man battle. Um, I think Luke Walton, I think, or Brandon Walton, something, something like that. Luke Walton, yeah, he's a basketball coach. Um, it's, I think it's Brandon Walton. Um, he was actually at left guard today, I believe, at first team left guard. Uh, so they're trying out different things. Uh, you're just trying to find the best fit. And now, obviously, just like we talked about, the interior offensive line, there is a significant chance that they have a new right guard, a new center, and a new left guard. Week one than they did last year. Um, and if anybody wants to address this in the comments, I was going to go out and say it now. Ali Marpet is not returning. Um, he has dropped considerable amount of weight. That's a lot of weight. And he's he's shed like an entire person. Like yeah. the amount yeah. of weight that he has dropped solely off of pictures. It's like he just took off. I don't know, an 18 year old male, like, like probably 150 pounds. I, I I'm probably exaggerating a little bit, but yeah, he's, uh, he's, 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 a, really he's floating <laughs> above 200. And I know he played closer to three. So yeah, yeah he's, he's not no he's lineman not, shape. <laughs> yeah, he is. He is not. And he is happy in, in retirement. He has made that clear. Um, he, yeah, he, so if anyone's hoping for Alimar pet to return, um, it is not going to be happening. Uh, obviously he could play center, but this is not going to be happening. So uh, there's going to be some roster shuffling, some offensive line shuffling, and uh, it'll be interesting to see how everything plays out. Now, Robert Hainsey today, there's some of them growing pains, and you're thankful that it happens July 30th instead of September 30th. Um, he had a, a he had a snap in, in like the scrimmage that went over Tom Brady's head completely. Um, so yet again, you know, it's just that it's that chemistry. Is it time to hit the panic button? No, it, it was Hainsey's first day. Brady had an off, off day yesterday. So it was Hainsey's first day with Brady today. So they're trying to build that chemistry. Um, and that's why I, I don't think a signing of a center is imminent. I, I don't really think that now I'm sure, you know, now that I said that 30 seconds after we get off, they will sign a center. I'm sure. But, um, yeah, I, I don't believe anything is imminent. And I think Hansy will get a legit shot to go through these growing pains. They know that there's going to be growing pains. It's only his second year in the NFL. It's not like this guy has been waiting in the wings forever. Um, so it's kind of thrown to the wolves, and we'll see what happens with, with Robert Hansy, but the Bucks do like him. All right. As we wrap things up, the moment, ladies and gentlemen, everyone listening to this podcast has been waiting for the kicking battle. Jose uh, Borregales and Ryan Suckup. It seems like they have been alternating days this week. Uh, Suckup got the first shot. He was perfect, went seven for seven. I think Borregales got the next day. He went something like six for seven, had a miss from like 49 yards. They've been alternating back and forth, and it's been pretty close. I mean, if if headline impressions are anything, it seems like Suckup has been just a little bit better. But I mean, at this time of year, there isn't that much of a difference between seven for seven and five for seven, six for seven until you start to get down to the nitty gritty. But I just want to push this man. This is going to be a battle. Like I, I'm excited to see two competent kickers, hopefully battle it out for that roster spot week one. I'm uh, I'm interested to see how they handle it in the preseason. 
you know, the Bucks score a touchdown. Okay, who goes out for the extra point first? If the Bucks had, then let's say the Bucks first drives a touchdown, then their next drive they have to kick a field goal. Okay, if Suckup went out for the extra point, is Suckup also going to go out for the field goal, or is Borogalas going out for the field goal? Does it matter on the distance? If it's fifty yards, is it Suckup or is it Borogalas? I would think it's Suckup because I think you'd want to see if you know Borogalas has a leg. I think you'd want to see if Suckup can do that, but it has been pretty even. I think Borogalas got the the reps today. I think he had one miss off the crossbar or the goalpost. Sorry, um, but. Um, yeah, it's been pretty even. Suckup's been really good, and uh, it's early still. Uh, and obviously, practice environments are much different than than actual game environments. So that's why I think that's another one where the preseason games, those three preseason games, are going to be the determining factor. And it's not like oh, Suckup probably won't play the starter. Like no, the kicker's got to play. So uh, I I do think that it'll be interesting, and I, I'm I'm. I'm paying close attention to that too. And I, I hope a lot of other people are because I don't really think people as many people see it as a competition, but it, it is one. And it wouldn't shock me if Jose Borgales does win that battle, but it's still way early. And, um, but right now, you know, if you had to, after round one, if you had to declare a winner, it'd be Ryan Suckup. But yet again, it's way early and it is neck and neck. It's going to be a lot of fun folks. That's just about going to do it for this week's episode of the Cannon Fire Podcast. Of course, with eventful news coming out of training camp, we're going to do our best to keep you updated every single step of the way. Check out the show on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All of those are Cannon Fire Podcast. Best place to go for updates on the show and, of course, Buccaneer news as it happens. Speaking of Bucks news as it happens, you can check out my co-host Evan on Instagram at Bucks underscore daily, the number one Bucks fan page on Instagram. You can also follow him on Twitter at EvanNFL and check out his written work at BucksNation.com. You mentioned a couple of articles you have, but anything else in the uh, in the oven this week? Uh, no, not not uh, anything coming up, but I, I did do one how Tom Brady can be even better for the Bucks in 2022. So that's up now on the site, so go check that out. And uh, It's not just me. you know. All, everybody there at Bucks Station doing a great job of uh, you know doing training camp updates and updates in general just on, on the team. So go, go check out the site. Last but not least, you can find myself, Instagram, and Twitter at Redicus, R-H-E-T-T. AKUS. If you follow me, I will follow you back. But that's the show, folks. Football is officially in full swing. Preseason is going to be here before you know it, and uh, it should be a lot of fun. We'll talk to you next time with more updates from Buccaneer Training Camp. Thank you for listening. I'm your host, Rhett Matthew, signing off for my co-host, Evan Wanish. We'll talk to you next time. Until then, and as always, Go Bucks. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.